I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm so sorry, everyone. A title I forgot about Raw Impressions number 36. Actually, it's not my fault. <laughs> Lou and Adele were on the road and somehow they skipped titling in episode number 36. They went directly from 35 to 37. So this, this is Raw Impressions number 36, otherwise known as number 41, but next week will be 41. Not this week. We're going to catch up a little bit here. Catch up meaning we're going to go behind and call this one number 36. Our apologies for the confusion. Raw impressions. But this this is still the new episode. Yes. This is not an old episode. No, we just didn't do number 36, but we're doing it now. Mm-hmm. Why not? Hi. Hi. I can I share with people um, that you smell. You usually do. I just did, but you have a particularly strong whiff. Um, I'm busy right now. Yeah. Um, I'm doing a lot of stuff. I'm having a lot of feelings. Yeah, you are. Do you do you find that the whiff is it located stronger coming from one armpit or is it equally divided? I feel like my stress pit usually is like one. I don't know. You want to get in here and take a just figure that out for yourself. Get a hit. You want to get in here and smell both of them <laughs> and do a little rating on each one. I'll uh, write it down here with my little pen. Um, right armpit eight. <laughs> left armpit. <laughs> Hmm. 10 10 I don't know I don't know either but uh it just yeah what do you think you're smelling loose right smelling his own armpits seems a little left heavy yeah I feel like my stress pit is usually my left armpit I wonder if there's something about the left side of the body you know because I feel like the left side of the body is sort of a thing, you know, like you're supposed to be careful sleeping on the left side of your body, right? Apparently it's good to sleep on the left side of the body. Oh, it is? It aligns your, it aligns your organs. I thought that it placed stress on your organs. Can I play you something? Yes. Okay. So last night I got home from a very long day in the studio and uh, it was a very emotional day. It's making me emotional thinking about it, but it was a very emotional day. And so uh, when I crawled into bed last night, I took, over the course of the night, I took one full milligram of Valprazolam. Usually I take 2.25 or 0.5, but I just really needed to get to sleep because I got to go back to the studio today and I have a lot of work to do. But um, I woke up to like 
I was watching uh, the last dream I had, and I we can talk about whether telling um, telling people your dreams is boring or not. I've heard that it is, but um, I the last thing in my dream was a marching band going to a dinosaur junior concert singing a song, mm-hmm. and so I woke up and I tried to capture what the song was. So we'll see if this actually works. It might take a while. I'm very tired. Very drowsy when I woke up. Breathing in. Wait, so you, you you recorded that in the middle of the night? No, just when I woke up. Oh, I didn't hear you do that. I must have been downstairs. Anyway. But then you actually came to me and you said, I heard a I started. You, you, I sang it to you first. You sang it to me, yeah. Before I tried to capture it. And then and then, I, and then it started to go away because this, this is what happens when things happen in dreams. It's like you wake up and they're really vivid. Mm-hmm. And then they just fucking fade really quick. And this is the second night in the row I woke up with a song in my head. Mm. Um, Gosh. The night before was kind of intense. This is a song then that needs to be written. Well, I was thinking about it. And when I drove Izzy to camp, I realized it was actually just this song called Love and Hate by Michael Kawanaka. Wow. I love that song. And then I also realized it was Style by Taylor Swift. So it's like a... You just can't keep your wild eyes on the... It's whatever. Oh, so it's sort of a mix of the two? Hmm. It was like... Dang! What was the thing you were saying, though? Was it... Fade away Are we gonna let it fade away? Oh, yeah, I see it is sort of like the love and hate song. True. But it's sort of more inspired by it because, well, hmm. if if I didn't have to go to the studio, like within the next 45 minutes, I would actually have sat sat down and worked out this this version for this podcast. But I've kind of had a lot of uh, obligations kind of, not obligations, actually, just finally things coming to, I mean, real things that I've been looking forward to working on, but it gives me a little bit less time to um, experiment, experiment and like, and share it with y'all like in a, in kind of a proper four tracky kind of way. Mm. But I, I'd loved, I was, I was like, God, I'd love to just be able to sit down right now for mm. an hour or two and just really flesh out this idea. Even if it is exactly like love and hate, <laughs> I'm not going to and style and by Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. Like mm. maybe because uh, there were some, uh, there are some variations within the the mumbling recording that I made that might be interesting to to research. But well, everything is inspired by something else, so it's okay to use them as inspirations. Right. Nothing. I mean, nothing you're going to do is is a direct copy of either of those songs. It would just be 
sort of some... We'll see what the lawyers say <laughs> once it becomes a hit. Oh, once my I goodness. Once I record because now it's got to be a Dinosaur Jr. song. And it, it was yeah. like, actually, as I thought about it, I was like, oh, I'm going to make it. Because I like to write Dinosaur Jr. songs about Dinosaur Jr. Oh, okay. But uh, um, about my experience in Dinosaur Jr. But it was interesting because it was this little marching band that were dressed in uh, yellow and black. And they were like really excited about the dinosaur show, and it was like in in Los Angeles mm. at this completely this 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 club that was completely covered in purple carpet. Oh, cool! Because Jay's favorite color so. yeah, is just, purple. Yeah, just thinking about it right now. But the, mm-hmm. it was it was a club covered in purple car- carpet, and there was people very excited about watching Dinosaur Junior. That sounds great. And then maybe you'd be de- debuting this this new song. It sounds like you've got to write this song. I'll. I'll it just—it's fading right now. You know what? <laughs> it's gonna. Uh, <laughs> Although it does, it does, it did have like a second part, which I was like, I kind of, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But um, the song that we were wor- that I worked on yesterday with the folk implosion is this incredibly intense song John wrote about his his uh, father passing away. Yeah. And uh, it, uh, I worked on it all day because it was a very elaborate. Uh, backing vocal arrangement that they had worked out for me they being scott scott salter our producer and and john so i spent hours and hours yesterday working out these very uh very layered vocals Mm. and uh but when i read the lyrics initially for the song i cried for i I cried for like 10 minutes. I mean, I had actually had to just sort of go into the vocal booth and just shut the door and just be like, I, I think, I mean, I've, I've had experience. I think people who've had experiences uh, with uh, people in their family passing away, you know, generally of old age and, you know, it's, and John just wrote this absolutely, um, it's very uh, specific but in a very beautiful way. And it's a beautiful tribute to his father. And uh, uh, we, as we were driving, driving back in our convertible Mustang, John, <laughs> John and Elizabeth, his girlfriend, uh, they rented a car to come out here to, um, so we could do this studio session. And the only car they had for them was a convertible red Mustang. <laughs> and if you know John at all, it's just funny. It's seeing him in this car. But, but we were driving back with the top down from the studio. It was about it was about ten o'clock at night, and uh, mm. and John said, "You know, this will be the first record I've made that my father will never hear." And he always he always played his music for his father, and his father always had something constructive to say. He was a very he was a beloved uh, teacher. Yeah. In Boston, yeah, I, I think this, the school is called the Commonwealth School. Mm-hmm. Um, in Boston, in downtown Boston, like right in right in the heart of Boston, and he was a beloved teacher, and so he he references his. Oh, I don't even. I, there, I think there's other forces acting on me right now too, but I. It was just really emotional, and I I um um. Yeah, I yeah. so I spent yesterday doing my best to, you know, do my part to make the song something really special, and it is really special. And I, I it was just, um, yeah, it was it was, it's interesting how, you know, I work on music all the time, and I, 
I've had real, real peaks, you know, in valleys, but, you know, real peaks where I've worked on something and gone like, well, this is special. And, um, yesterday I was like, this is really special. Oh, and I, yeah. and it was cool to feel more, it was interesting to feel more like a supporting role to it as opposed to like something that I had written myself, you know, it reminded me a bit of just, you know, when I did, um, the album you're living all over me with mm. actually a, a lot of the early uh dinosaur stuff just sort of witnessing somebody really stepping in in this great moment kind yeah, of yes so you're mm-hmm. seeing someone really unfold in front of you and really express themselves and just sort of being there in the wake of it and being in a supporting role mm-hmm. and i had that i really had that thought really strongly yesterday and the song is so strange and extraordinary and i really you know, I hope I, I'm excited for people to hear it when we finally finish it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm looking forward to hearing it too. I haven't heard it at all, so. Yeah, it'll be a while. There's a lot of, it's been a very, very slow process for us putting this record together because we don't. It's being done, I mean, not being done remotely per se, but we do get together, but it's like, you know, there's five or six month periods between us getting together and then it's a very limited amount of time. And also the the work involved is pretty, very meticulous. So, um, you know, I mean, we began recording the base, the, the basic ideas for this record occurred two years ago. Wow, was it that long ago now? Yeah, I, in our in this house, I remember yeah. it was like in July. I remember John came. Yeah, you know, around our mm-hmm. birthday, my birthday, and John went up to the attic. John and I went up to the attic. He played drums and I played bass, and it was absolutely swelteringly hot. Oh, that's right, I forgot about that. <laughs> and we, were, yeah. we recorded just little bits of of riffs, and that was two years ago. It was two years ago. Oh my god! And then it was all a year after that that he came in August. So yeah, because he was a year ago this past August. Yeah, and, oh. and between that, then we he came once, and we just came in here in the studio and worked out the basic ideas to a drum machine. And then six months after that, we then did it playing, you know, real bass and drums. Hmm. And, and now, uh, a year after that, we're actually starting to um, apply, you know, put the the finishing touch touches on the vocals and the instrumental parts. So, well, well, it's coming. You're working on it. It's plugging along and you guys are putting so much heart into it. And, you know, no matter what happens, whatever, no matter what happens, it's, it's something, it's like an expression of love for, you know, John and I, (laughs) and, and for, and out of respect for the, what the music we've, done together means to us you know it's it's such a personal project and um i think the weight of it really hit me yesterday and i it was and i'm I'm still feeling it i'm just feeling like this yeah tidal wave and i don't know um yeah I, i'm i'm looking forward to um 
sort of, you know, completing this phase and, and the next week, like being back here in the studio, cause there's another, I want to work on an episode about my friend, Mark. Lou's childhood, um, best friend passed away and, uh, that's been, that's been sitting heavy as well. Um, and yeah, he was a very influential, very deeply influential person in Lou's life. And in so many ways that, uh, yeah, we definitely need to do an episode to explore and honor that relationship. That's really complicated. Too. It's very complicated. Yeah. Yeah. As you know, the loss of sometimes we lose people in our life that, um, things are messy with them. Things are messy. And so there's a lot of messy feelings that go with it. And yeah, I don't know. Is, is death ever clean? Is a relationship ever? I, I Mark is really my first. He's loss, your so. first significant kind of loss. Yeah. yeah and I, I, well, I mean, we can talk about this later, but, uh, yeah. it, I mean, it, I wasn't surprised, you know, because Mark was a very, uh, hard living individual. Yes, he was. Well, we'll save that for an episode about him. Um, you gotta hear his prank phone calls from the <laughs> 1980s. <laughs> I think you, I think we'll have to prep, really, prep one. We'll have to really, really prep one for you this. You gotta, gotta hear his prank phone calls that he and his brother did. It was, mm. um, anyway. I think, um, well, gosh, I was here. I was about to share my dream too, but it seems so, um, (laughs) silly and shallow compared to this beautiful, deep conversation about you and John and the folk implosion. I'm I'm, I'm interested. Like I, I heard a a psychiatrist recently. Uh huh explain that um you know how you think your dream dreams are so interesting but when you tell them they're actually they're it's it's not that interesting to other people mm, and it's uh, only it was, interesting to yourself yeah or? and it was the first time that i ever heard anyone cast any doubt because I've, <laughs> i'm always like dreams are fascinating i love to tell my dreams and then uh but then i realized sometimes when other people tell me their dreams i do get in- disinterested almost immediately <laughs> And I had to be honest oh about gosh. that. I had to be honest about it. Mm. Um, because these these things, when they come to you, these figments these that you wake up with and you're like, because you've just experienced something as real as, mm. as real can be. Your dreams are real as real can be. So when you're sharing the experience, you feel like you're telling a story that has truly occurred. But other people know that it's just a dream. Yeah, and who cares? You're yeah. just you're just telling them a Although, fiction I mean, story. I don't know. Or maybe it's I think I think with you and I. I mean, I'm actually I love listening to your dreams. <laughs> and when you had that, I like your dreams too. And you see? had that amazing dream when we first met. Um, it was one of the first. Uh, oh gosh! One yeah. of the first times that we had sort of you know held each other and and slept, and uh, you woke up and you said something, you were. I had an interesting dream where, um, oh gosh. Okay. So I was, I think I was sort of standing in a circle with, um, Native Americans, um, who were in like kind of traditional, like Native American Indian, like headdress and wear, um, 
and the chief, I'm guessing, like came up to you and I think he put his hand on your heart and he said, I call you beating heart. And then I woke up. And you were sleeping on my chest. I was sleeping on your chest. So yeah, obviously I was listening to your heart. And um, But it's funny um, because <laughs> well, this is an emotional episode. I um Lied had when we got together like I was having I had a lot of heart issues and not not like they're benign heart issues. It's my heart. I have this condition called supraventricular tachycardia, SVT. Ironically, there's a, a very famous bass amp or a very well-used bass amp, one that I own called an SVT, an MPEG SVT. Anyway, uh, it's where my heart will just it kind of electrically starts misfiring and will beat at upwards to two over 200 beats a minute. And it's a very freaky thing. And it was occurring fairly regularly. Fairly regularly. When we, yeah. when we got together, it's been, it's changed. It's changed pretty dramatically as, as my lifestyle has changed and, and as our life kind of. Well, you take care of yourself better. Yeah, I take my, I take mm -hmm. care of myself a bit more, a little bit better. So, um, I don't really, I haven't had that episode at the time, but when you told me that when you woke up, I was like, Oh, well, because I was very conscious of my heart at that point. I, might, I was like, my heart tells would Your tell me. Your heart was a big part of like conversation for us. Mm. Um, we were always sort of like, yeah, in the beginning of our relationship, I remember, gosh, for the first few years. Um, yeah, your heart, we, it was a big part of conversation and worry and monitoring. But you were... I don't know. You were just a lot more fragile in some ways. And I think that you were also punishing yourself in a lot of ways. <laughs> and I mean that. I in, do like to punish myself. I, yeah. I mean, I won't get into specifics, but <laughs> I'll just say that like you're a lot healthier now in a lot of ways mentally and with your um, choices. So, but yes, uh, it was kind of this powerful dream. And when he said, I call you beating heart, I, I've i always thought about that because you are, you're just like this heartbeat that I love. And I, um, it, and you know, when that happened, it actually felt really steady to me. It felt very strong. And I remember thinking like, you are steady and you are strong. You just have to find your footing, you know, and you were kind of in the midst of trying to find your footing i think and oh yeah 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 i mean it was a we we uh embarked on a pretty a change together so yeah i think that you're a lot more steady now probably a lot more close to who you're meant to be you know does that make sense yeah who you are Oh, and what a day. Maybe it's this, I don't know. This is a big summer, you know. Yeah. You've been gone a lot. Mark passed away. You're working on a lot of things. There's a lot of juggling. You know, Handler's getting ready to go to college. My oldest. Yeah, Lou's oldest kid. It's just, there's a lot of big, big changes. So... 
I get it. And then we're also kind of staring down, um, you know, a big fall where we are often apart for September because that's a heavy touring month and that's pretty typical. But there is like some lead up to it, you know, where we have to kind of go, okay, here we go. And I've got to make sure that I'm taking steps to um, take care of my mental health, you know, and you have to take steps to take care of your mental health because when you're apart, for that long, um, and you care about each other, it's just hard. It just really is. And, um, even if it's the most thrilling, like best thing in the world, even if, you know, it just, um, I mean, if I didn't care about you so darn much, <laughs> I'd be psyched if you were going away for that long. I'd be like, great, good riddance. Goodbye. <laughs> now I don't have him hanging around, but, um, Man, when you really have found your person and they're your best friend and just your favorite person to hang out with, it can feel it can feel quite lonely without them. So, all right. Well, is it time to wrap it up? It is. I yeah, gotta. You gotta go back to the studs. I gotta do a little bit of prep. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us on episode. 36. Um, I was going to look up what the number 36 means, but everything I look up is like just someone's blog who they've decided what they think. (laughs) The number, this is an angel number. This is this number. This means it's a destiny number. You know what? It's just 36 guys. So I don't know, but it's done. (laughs) we love you thanks for listening thank you for listening to Raw Impressions episode not 41 but 36 41 will be next week Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.